0: Hey folks, before we get to the next episode of Voices in My Head, I wanted to ask you to consider leaving a tip at my website, RickLeeJames.com. It's always going to be my intent to offer you this podcast for free, but the reality is that there are production costs involved. Things like recording equipment updates, domain name costs, Skype credit for guest phone calls, providing the Rick Lee James mobile app for free listening, and frankly, earning a little something for the hours of preparation it takes to bring you new podcasts every week. I know it's a tough economy, and that's why I want to keep this podcast free. But if you are enjoying the podcast and would like to swing a couple dollars my way, then come by my website at rickleejames.com, click on the tab that says Tip Jar, and leave whatever amount you feel able to give through PayPal. It's like when you're at one of my concerts and I leave a tip jar in front of the stage. Now, if you can't afford anything, please don't bother to give me a tip, and if it came down to supporting me or supporting a hungry person suffering from poverty, then by all means give to them, but if you can, swing a few shekels my way, I'd be very grateful. That's all for now, so sit back and enjoy today's podcast. Blessings to you all. Live from Springfield, Ohio, it's
1: Blessings in My Head, the official podcast of Rick Lee.
0: I am Rick Lee James and you're listening to Voices in My Head. Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number 13. Well, I'm not welcoming you again to number 13, because this is the first time you've heard episode 13. Well unless you actually rewound and listen to it over again. I, I don't know how you'd rewind it. We don't use cassettes anymore. I guess you just have to back it up. But anyway, all that is said, welcome back again to Voices in My Head, the official Rick Lee James podcast. I am Rick Lee James, and I am excited to be here with you today. I'm also excited for another reason. I have to tell you, uh, just a couple weeks from uh, from now, I am going to be in Chicago with my lovely wife, for a romantic getaway and by romantic getaway i mean we are going to a huge comic book convention so uh but it's a getaway you know it's going to be something we're just going to go up and hang out and have some fun uh it's going to be some after easter fun get a life bill shatner ladies and gentlemen thank you for joining the show today It's going to be a good time for us, but I'm excited for you too, Um, not because of the comic convention, although if you're going to that, I'm excited for you because it's going to be a lot of fun. But I'm excited for you because we've got some great interviews coming up. Uh, The one today is excellent. I actually got a crazy idea to call in my worship team from church or at least a handful of them. I couldn't get everybody there. Uh, at the same time for the interview, but uh, I just finished moments ago recording next week's podcast interview also with uh, the brilliant Brian Zahn. He is an author of several books. One of my favorites uh, is Unconditional, which I have mentioned on this show uh, a couple times before at least, if not numerous times. Um, I don't know if a couple counts as numerous or not. I guess any time more than one would be numerous, although one is a numeral, but Man, this is going to be like the episode where I just digress and go off into rabbit trails all throughout the day. But I am excited. It's It's been a good time. I'm busy. Today, later on, uh, actually, it'll be in the past, so I'm speaking to the people of the future one more time. Uh, but actually, today I am going to teach a songwriting workshop in the afternoon at Emmanuel Christian Academy. And I have to uh, leave before too long, so I can't babble too long on here today, which is good for you. But if you like to listen to the podcast and if my voice is something you enjoy hearing, then I guess that's bad. Gee, look at all these rabbit trails today. I'm just keep going down. Well, without any uh, further hesitation and any further rabbit trails, I do want to get into uh, the next segment of the show. It's not been on here for a couple weeks, but we had a little extra time today. So we're going to bring back the Practically Useless Guitar Lesson. Hit it, Rick. Well, it's the Practically Useless Guitar Lesson. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Um, I grabbed up my Taylor 310 Dreadnought guitar, which has a new bags pickup inside of it with a microphone, which I love. But I'm uh, not plugging it into anything right now. I'm just playing it through the mic. But uh, it doesn't really matter what guitar you play on. But today I'm going to teach you whether you like James Bond or not. I'd venture to say you probably like the James Bond music. It's one of the first things I learned on a guitar when I was just picking around and didn't know anything about guitar. So here's your practically useless guitar lesson of the day. You start out, you want to hit the 6th string, the E string, that one, the thickest one, the 6th string. And you want to go and hit it once. And then you want to take your first finger and put it on fret 2 and hit that twice, or three times. And then open it up to no fingers again. So it's 1, 1, 2, 3, 1, 2, 3. And then you got to kind of do that again, but then add in the 3rd fret. Zero. And that is actually the 3rd fret. So if you kind of work on that plate it together, it's 0, 0, 0. Zero one one zero 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 two 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 one 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 zero one 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 zero, zero 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 two 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 one 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 Okay so that's that part that's the intro And then the fun part that Okay what you gotta do is play two strings at once you gotta play the E string and the A string together. You want to put your first finger, first finger, first finger on the second fret of that fifth string, the A string. Should be that note, and you're going to hit the two strings together, uh, A and E, and you are both going to go. If you'd have note fingers, it would sound like this. One finger on the second fret of the fifth string is and you want to just keep walking that up to the second from the second fret to the third to the fourth and then back down and keep hitting both strings at the same time keeping that keeping this string the e string the 6th string open while you're doing it and it sounds like this So you put it all together it is Well, I hope you enjoyed it. That is today's Practically Useless Guitar Lesson. You have been listening to the Practically Useless Guitar Lesson. Good luck with that. Well, every week I have a segment on the show, and this literally is every week. Uh, The guitar lesson comes and goes, but I always enjoy the question of the week, and this week was no exception. I enjoyed getting some of the responses that I got. I didn't get a whole lot this week as of the time of recording, but they are good responses, and uh, I want to let you know that if you have any suggestions or if you even want to call in and tell us your answer, leave a comment, anything, you can call in to the uh, the listener line at 937-505-0162, and I'll tell you what, if you call in, I've got prizes for you, if you call in, you can get a comic book, you can get a free CD, um, so it's it's worth your time to call in, and uh, I'm not going to give it to everybody, just uh, the first few to call in on the podcast line because I really want to get your participation actually on the show. So tell me what you think. But uh, make sure and call that line. You can also answer question of the week on Facebook at the Voices in My Head Facebook page and also at rickleyjames.com. Now one other thing before I get into question of the week this week, uh, I wanted to remind everyone that we are now uh, on the BlackBerry podcast app. So if you have a BlackBerry phone, if you've been waiting to get one of those uh, you know, or, or if, you, know, you haven't got an iPod or any of those type things, you can now hear voices in my head on the BlackBerry. We are also on Stitcher. Very proud to be on Stitcher. That's a, a great honor to be on there with some other wonderful talk shows. And uh, we're still on iTunes, we're still on Podbean, and just about any way you can get podcasts, just about anywhere on the net you can get them. I think we are there now. So um, rejoice! That's exciting news for me, I'm very happy about that. Our listenership just keeps growing, and uh, so I should have done that before I talked about Question of the Week. But now we're getting into... Question of the Week this week's question of the week was not really like the other ones that we've had. They uh, were not multiple choice. You actually could write in your own answer. And uh, th- this week we've we got a few good ones. I'd love to hear more from you, and I enjoyed the responses uh, when I asked. My worship team at church. But the question simply was, what is your favorite worship song and why? So uh, you could write the song in and then write a little comment about that. And we did get a few responses, which is great. Um, we had some answers that uh, one person said, our God reigns. And um, another person put down as a choice, be thou my vision. Uh, another one, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. That's one that I added, actually. And another person wrote in Shackles by Go Fish. And uh, just those are some good ones. So I'd, I'd still like to hear more, uh, even though we've already are going to be covering the can- the answers on this week. I'm always interested in why a worship song is your favorite. And by worship, I mean a Christian worship song. Um, there are songs that worship other things, but I'm specifically talking about Christ and, and what God does and, you know, As it pertains to church, you guys know what worship songs are. Uh, If you don't, that's okay too. Just you probably wouldn't know how to answer this question. Um, So let me read the actual written responses uh, to this question. Karen Gale Dodd, uh, Our God Reigns. This song reminds me that God is over everything all the time. Thanks, Aunt Karen, for writing that in. I do appreciate it. And I have another family member, uh, Tony James, that wrote in. Now, I have no idea what this song is. Uh, but apparently she likes it and it's probably a good one. I just haven't heard it before. Uh, she said, currently it is Shackles, though I'm not sure who sang it originally. Uh, this The version in my head is by Go Fish. It's the theme of this year's VBS. If you don't know what VBS, it's Vacation Bible School. Uh, I hope kids' worship music counts because there are some amazing worship songs for kids out there. And uh, kids' worship songs certainly do count. Um, I think if uh, Jesus could say, let the children come, don't dare drive them away, then that is definitely a, a way for us to be whenever we come to worship songs. Kids count, in my opinion, and they should in yours, too. Matthew Cole, who still to this day, I don't think has ever missed a question of the week writing in. He writes in, Be Thou My Vision is my favorite worship song slash hymn. It both calls us to a deep sense of the wonder of God and the transformation reality of a redeeming relationship with Him. And that's some good stuff, Matt. That would probably be my... I don't know, maybe my my third or fourth favorite. I have so many favorite worship songs, and they kind of change from week to week, but those are all good ones. But you can still write in, even though we've already covered it on the podcast. I'd still like to hear what your favorite worship song is and why. That's always of interest to me. Uh, I I like to hear why. Uh, Basically, to me, though, the thing that makes a really great worship song is it's about God. And uh, you know something that's not really about me. One reason I like "Be Thou My Vision" that Matt said so much is that song is is just about God. It's asking that God would please be the vision that we see. In some ways, it it reminds me of Saint Patrick's prayer, the the breastplate prayer, the shield. Christ before me, Christ behind me, Christ within me. Um, and, and since it does have its its Irish roots, I guess there's a reason for that. But uh, this has been the question of the week. We're going to actually answer that um, with the worship team from First Church of the Nazarene. And uh, I'm going to let them give their responses to you. I didn't give them very long to think about these. So um, as you're listening to what they have to say, um, I kind of want it to be impromptu and, and kind of off the top of their head. Maybe we can do a follow up. But. Um, I'd love to hear, you know, everybody's responses about worship and what it means in their local church. So make sure and send me an email. Um, feel free, you know, you can you can even do this through iTunes if you want to respond over an iTunes podcast review or something. Or, um, you know, I, I love for you to post things socially so that several people can interact all together. And the Voices in My Head Facebook page is actually a great place for that. Well, I'm going to go ahead and play that interview now so that you can hear uh, from some of the people from the worship team from First Church the Nazarene. Now, if I'm not mistaken, I, I want to make sure it's clear to everybody who is uh, in this. It's myself, who we've just finished a practice, and some of us were kind of in a hurry, so I make a few references to people that are going to have to leave in a minute and trying to be sensitive of their time. Uh, but we have Greg Womax who helps uh, lead singing at church with me. Uh, sometimes he does harmony, sometimes he does lead, and uh, half the time I like to just play guitar, and I'll say to Greg or somebody else. Hey, just go ahead and lead for me. Great guy, and I uh, really appreciate his heart. we got Todd Nance, who is our bass player at church. Todd uh, is a monster on bass because he works like crazy on it. He just picked it up a few years ago and has been playing it at church, and I'm telling you, every time I give music out, Todd takes it home and practices it and practices it and works on it and tries to do it as perfect as he can not for himself, but for the glory of God. And I I think that's great because, you know, we need to take our instrumentship seriously. Uh, We also had Christy Phillips in the interview, who is a singer on my praise team at church. And uh, she does a wonderful job. Again, sometimes I ask her to do the lead. Sometimes she does harmonies. um, But just a real worshiper, really loves the Lord um, and, and is a pleasure to have on the team. Also had Andy Fiorita, uh, who is uh, a drummer for our praise team. We have a couple drummers at church, and uh, he's a teenager, and uh, he does really, really a good job on drums. And I am and I mean this, I'm not just saying this to just stroke your ego, Andy. I, I like your heart for God, and I love your heart for God, actually. I think that's great, and your talent is just getting better and better as you use it for him. It's opening up more and more, and we're able to... Um, you know use the drums and begin to think about the drums as a worship instrument as something that you know is really there for God so I'm glad to have Andy Uh, did I miss anyone I think I had everybody from practice that day that was able to be with us Uh, we have lots of other people on the praise team Um, well I think that's it I don't think I forgot anybody this is kind of off top of my head but um, I, th- I hope you'll enjoy the conversation, and maybe some of these questions that I ask, I don't know that we have the right answers to them, but I wanted to, to try to present some questions to our praise team that maybe all praise teams could answer together, because it's a good idea for us to evaluate what we're doing on a weekly basis, and why it is that we come together into the house of worship. It's always, and I want to emphasize this, always, always, can I say it a couple more times, always, always always the wrong attitude to simply base what you think about worship based on a style of music. That's the same with contemporary as it is for traditional. It's the same if fast or if it's slow. It's the same if it's a guitar, if it's a piano. It is always wrong to base what is good worship on what I consider to be good music. Because what is good worship is actually something that's for God and not necessarily for us. We get to benefit from it because we're giving him praise and glory. And, you know, so often we just think about worship in terms of a style that we like. But we have to figure out a way to be pleasing to God while at the same time uh, speaking in a language that we can uh, communicate with him and with each other. Communal songs are important Um, There's a a real place and a real need in the house of God for sacramental songs, uh, songs that actually talk about, you know, us coming into his real presence and uh, in the communion table and the sacraments like baptism and uh, and all, you know, there's just a wide gamut of things, and the best worship songs are the ones that are focused on him. Um, So anyway, I'll stop talking about that and just let you hear some of the thoughts from my worship team at church. I hope you enjoyed this interview. I think you will. If nothing else, even if you disagree with everything we say today, um, I I hope you can take maybe these questions, and especially if you're a worship leader or if you're on a worship team, maybe you can write down some of these questions as I'm asking them to our praise team. And uh, you can take them back because I feel like they're worthy questions that need to be asked. And uh, if you could, you know, if you want to take them back to your praise team and uh, bring some of these concepts, that's great. We don't claim to be the greatest on earth. We don't claim to be the best at it or the most spiritual or anything like that. Um, We just love the Lord and want to do the best job that we can. So here's my interview with the praise team at First Church of the Nazarene in Springfield, Ohio at 901 East Home Road in Springfield. So I hope you enjoy Well, today we have a different kind of podcast here for Voices in My Head. I'm pleased to have several of the people from the worship team at the church that I serve at, at First Church of the Nazarene in Springfield, Ohio. And I'm going to ask them some worship related questions today for the podcast. And I want to hear their response because, uh, like most of you that are listening, um, there are people that probably are, are serving in their church or going to church somewhere and just maybe have different ideas about worship. And so every week, in case you guys haven't listened to my podcast yet, I always do a question of the week. Christy has. She's listening. That's great. And uh, this week's question of the week, sometimes they're silly, sometimes they're serious. And this week is just more serious. And um, I always post this. By the way, listeners, you can go to the Facebook page or you can go to rickleyjames.com and answer this question, and we'll read your responses. You can also call in the phone line, and we'll put your audio on the air. Uh, But the question of the week for this week is, what's your favorite worship song? And why? Now, I just sprung this question on these guys a minute ago, so I'm going to tell mine really fast and then give them a chance to think of theirs. My favorite one is probably I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day just because of the meaning behind that one and the tragedy that Henry Wadsworth Longfellow endured, losing his wife and daughter terribly in a fire, and then um, also his son who was hit by a cannonball in the civil war and he just wrote those words in despair i bowed my head there is no peace on earth i said for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth goodwill to men but then my favorite and what makes it my favorite song is that as he listens to the christmas bells that are ringing that day even during all the war and the loss, he says but then pealed the bells more loud and deep god is not dead nor does he sleep for the wrong shall fail, the right prevail, with peace on earth, goodwill to men. So that is uh, is my probably favorite Christmas uh, worship song, or any worship song. I think it's good for any season. But what about you guys? Just quickly, do you have a song and, and why it's your favorite, or do you have a favorite? And you make sure to talk into the mic when you do.
2: You know, I honestly don't think I have a favorite. I so many songs are coming to mind, but a lot of songs that. Um, uh, that, that, I, that I know the words, I know them well enough that um, uh, I can close my eyes and just think about the words while I'm singing them. It, doesn't, it no longer matters who's around me because it's just God and me. And uh, those, I, I think those are the times when I feel like I'm worshiping the best, when I feel alone with God, even if there's a crowd full of people in the congregation. Right.
0: Well, that was Greg Womax. Who's going to go next?
3: Anything that's upbeat and keep you alive and awake.
0: <laughs> Anything that's upbeat and keeps you alive. Like, that was Todd Nance. He plays bass for us at church. What else? Who's going to go next? I'd have
1: to say my favorite worship song would be um, In Christ Alone. Hmm. Because if you take away all the instruments and the guitars and the drums and you just pay attention to the lyrics, they're, uh, they're very powerful, especially um, the line that goes, And as he stands in victory, since curse has lost its grip on me. Hmm. You know, oh, that I just one. think that's an amazing song with pretty good lyrics.
0: Yeah, fantastic. And that was Andy Fiorita. He plays drums uh, some Sundays and then runs computer other Sundays. By the way, Greg Womacks was the first one you heard w- from after me, and he sings with us on the worship team. And now we have Christy Phillips, who's going to answer the question.
4: I like the song, The Power of Your Name, hmm. and also the new one that has just come out that I've heard on the radio that says, when the stars melt away, is that correct? Did I say that right? It's a new one, and it's just like when we're there and everything is gone and it is just us. Yeah. And then why we're here, just the power of your name as you hear it. Because surely what's going on today is not the way you planned it. Hmm. So that just kind of connects, I think, to a lot of what's going on, I guess. Good.
0: Well, good. Thanks. That was kind of a, an impromptu question, and I actually, I don't know if you guys saw, but I emailed these questions to you last night, some of the things I was going to talk to you about. But um, just quickly, do you guys mind if, I, I, I wanted to have you guys on here today because you kind of represent a broad age range, too. Am, am I going to offend any of you if I ask you to kind of share your ages with us? And I, I want to start um, with, just, just go through. Andy, how old are you? I'm 16. And Christy? 39. All right. Greg? I will soon be 52. All right, Todd has no mic. You got to share his mic with him.
3: Oh, <laughs> Thanks, I'd be uh, Richard Petty, 43.
0: 43. <laughs> and uh, and I'm thirty-four. So I'm I'm the opposite of Todd. So we have a, a wide range of ages here today, and I I'm I'm glad about that. That's what I wanted. So we have. Really, we're covering the decades from teenage. We don't have uh, twenties, but other than that, we've got the rest of them up through fifties right here today. So that's great to have. And uh, um, so, how do you know? This is a question I had for you this week. How do you know if Sunday was a success? And what I mean by that is, how do we determine if if we're hitting our goals as a worship team? You know, on a Sunday morning, or do we do we even know what those goals are? But how do you know if how do you determine if Sunday was a success when we lead worship?
3: Probably the flow of the music. And if we're hitting our marks pretty good, which doesn't necessarily have to be perfect, but if the songs flow good together and it's just a continual worship with not a lot of pausing for dead air time, is a good time for hmm.
0: worship. Interesting. Anybody else have any other gauge that they have?
2: Well, I... Um, <clears throat> I, I was just talking uh, to Rick a few days ago about this, but um, I don't know if this is good or bad, but often when I'm leading worship, I have my eyes closed because I'm worshiping myself. So I don't know if that makes me a good or a bad worship leader. You're worshiping yourself? No, my eyes are closed. I'm worshiping, like, by myself. Oh, by yourself, okay. I'm not worshiping myself, <laughs> no. I'm worshiping God. and I open my eyes, and I'm shocked to find out I'm in church. It's like, oh, there's people here. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I guess it's good to see... You can see looks on people's faces, I think, when you look out uh, with the family that you're worshiping with in the congregation, and uh, you can see that people are are either just singing or they're actually worshiping while they're singing the song, so you can see it on people's faces.
0: Okay.
4: I think I would hear that the same way, that you would have to, not have to, I guess, but you just kind of look and see how everybody's interacting with the music that's played, and if they worship just like you're trying to worship, and then I think okay, well, I didn't raise my hands this morning, and I didn't, I didn't close my eyes. I don't know. Did I do it right? <laughs> I need to do a little bit more.
0: We should have rehearsed that better. When to close our eyes in the right place. So, Andy, you have any thoughts on it? Well,
1: I think, like, after our last song, the pastor calls people to the altar, and kind of like what Greg said, you can just see in their faces if they're mm-hmm. really reflecting on the music. And if mm-hmm. there's a lot of people coming up to the altar, you can kind of tell that, They really reflected on the music and something just clicked in them that made them closer to God that day.
0: Okay. Well, those are interesting responses and they're good responses. Um, Socrates, who's a philosopher, actually one of my favorites when I had to study philosophy because the the Socratic method, I always feel like you could win any argument if you could get it down. But um, you have to to be right, for one thing. But he said the unexamined life is not worth living. And I think that if we want... um, to continually lead our congregation in worship. We have to learn how to examine what we're doing. And um, it's interesting because Worship Leader Magazine this month, in fact, um, put out an article that's about silence. And uh, it's interesting because we were talking today about um, and and what Todd actually hit on was uh, creating flow in a service. And hopefully we're removing distractions and not, you know, like too much dead space is what he said. And and it's interesting because um, one of the things that I think maybe we're missing in churches, and they especially bring this out in this month's issue of Worship Leader Magazine. By the way, if anybody from Worship Leader Magazine wants to come on the podcast, you're welcome. But um, just saying that um, we don't have enough silence, and we don't have enough dead space. And I, I got thinking about that. I got thinking, well, we have a 9 o'clock service. We have a 10 o'clock Sunday school, 11 o'clock service. And, and it's this rush to get through, you know, from one thing to the next. And yet, if you look back at, I think it was Screwtape Letters with C.S. Lewis, he talks about the best way that we can ever push God's voice out is to make sure there's no silence. And um, it seems like we've done that. We have, we've just continually, you know, even in church now, we don't have any silent space at all. And uh, so as I look about, like, examining that, I was talking to Pastor Sarver some this week, and I thought, you know, how do we, even with our time crunch, with everything else, how do we create some more silence, you know, in the midst of what we're doing? And I think that's something that we need to to work on more. But um, we talked about like the music flowing well too. We take a lot of pride here in that, like we do two practices a week. Sometimes we have two and three hours of practice every week to get ready for service and it's probably just because we're not that good. But um, (laughs) we just require that much practice. But we we try to make it, it's not because we're trying to put on a performance, we're really trying hopefully to create a flow and an atmosphere of worship in this place that people can actually worship to. And it's hard to gauge what it means to be successful. To me it's successful If we've helped people connect in a way that they take it outside of this place. I'm not sure there's a gauge for Sunday morning, but if we see our people start to pursue um, righteous lives that are looking out for the poor, that are looking out for those in need, that are, are seeking Christ daily, then maybe we've done something right. And then maybe we can gauge whether or not our worship service was a success, you know, whether our services are um, and I'm talking too much. I want to hear for you guys again. But a uh, question I have for you is uh, is we want excellence, but we also know worship is so much more than that. And we've used Psalm 33, you know, to play skillfully and sing for joy uh, as kind of our motto, because not because we want to be just a great performance because, you know, frankly, we're not that entertaining. But um, <laughs> we want to be something that's excellent and good uh, for God. So my question for you is, how do we keep from being too performance-oriented in what we do in our worship services? And then after you answer, I'm going to throw a curve at you, but go ahead. Be sensitive
3: to not playing and jamming the whole song. Be sensitive to the part of your song that adds to it, and not just because you want to be up there jamming. It's not all about that. It's about adding your part to the proper timing of the song.
0: And Todd, before you give the mic away, that's a good point because um, your instrument, some of the best way you can serve your instrument or your voice is to not play it at certain times. And, um, you know, like there's there's times where we don't create dynamics if everybody's playing all at the same time and everybody's playing every note they can, but we actually if we play a little bit and let others take over more, we actually get a much bigger, fuller sound in that. So what you were saying was... Very appropriate. But anyway, about performance oriented, who who else? Anybody? That was Todd we just heard from. Anybody have any other thoughts on that?
1: Well, a performance is um, like most of the popular stars that are on the stage and are musicians, they focus more about themselves when it's a performance. But when you want to lead a worship service, you want it to be about God and not yourselves. Hmm. You want the people to hear you, but you want the people to also reflect on God and just, it, it doesn't need to be about you.
0: So when Greg said a minute ago, he closes his eyes and he worships himself. Uh, that's not the right, no, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> no, actually, that, that's, that's exactly right, Andy, because it's actually who this is for and who this is pointed out and who this is about. This isn't even really about our congregation. When we come in, this is really about God. Just like the Bible is a story about God and the way He's worked in people, our worship is about God and the way He is working in people. So, if anything, our, our worship is supposed to be kind of a reflection of our scripture story. But, Greg, you were going to say something.
2: Well, I was just going to say to, to give a performance and to be a performer, kind of, kind of along the same lines as what Andy said, you, you have to have something special. You either have to have a lot of talent or if you don't have a lot of talent um, you have to at least look really pretty i've looked in the mirror and i don't look pretty <laughs> and i don't have a lot of talent so i i just i feel like it's um, it's never it never crosses my mind that i'm in a performance because i'm just not a performer i'm just there to use my spirit and hopefully that fills what i'm doing and it uh, it helps lead others along the same path as we try to look to god for everything
4: i agree i think it's more of a, a guiding or a guidance I don't Mm -hmm. think it's a performing i mean i want to hit it right and i want it to sound right and i want it to be right but i also don't want it to think that we're up there because we the lights are on us you know or something like that it's all it's all different
0: right and that's that's very important because i mean as as much as we want to strive to be good i mean that's really for god too i mean that's the thing that we don't want to like fred human who was on the show a couple weeks ago um i think it was he said just because something sounds good doesn't mean it's spiritual and by the same token just because something sounds bad doesn't mean it is spiritual (laughs) and too often i mean there's no excuse ever for coming into the house of worship unprepared to leave god's lead god's people and Um, But at the same time, we don't want to just be like performances. We're not a concert. It's a different place. Two definitions that I think I gave you in the email last night, but I want us to think about this because I think our society has twisted the words a little bit too as far as what performance versus worship is. And they do a a little bit overlap, but I think that's okay that they overlap some. Uh, Performance, the definition, these are the dictionary uh, definitions. says, a performance is a musical, dramatic, or other entertainment presented before an audience. Now, we are before an audience, but our audience is God when we come together. Now, it's also the act of performing a ceremony, a play, or a piece of music. Um, It's the execution or accomplishment of work, acts, or feats, etc. So, in a sense, we are performing as we come into this place. We are, uh, as it says in the dictionary, we are putting on a ceremony. We are putting on a play. We are doing a presentation. But I think we forget who our presentation is for more often than not. We, We are performing for the Lord. Like, this is our gift. This is our way. Like, he's done so much for us. What can we give back to him? Now, worship, the dictionary definition of that is reverent honor and homage paid to God or sacred personage or to any object regarded as sacred. And also the definition is formal or ceremonious rendering of such honor and homage. They attended worship this morning. And also adoring reverence or regard or the object of adoring reverence or regard. So it's actually worship is paying homage to someone. So my question, I guess, going from that is, to pay homage to God to the sacred to the object who is worthy of worship, is it possible for us to pay homage to God by performing for him let me let me further let me further say that because we're we're so entertainment oriented in our culture um i I think we need to steal back the definition of entertainment too because what do we do when we Bring someone into our home, what do we call that? when we well hospitality, but what do you say you 're doing you 're going to say we entertain we're them gonna we 're going to entertain, entertain guests, guests yeah. when they come in and it 's not that you stand there and you 're going to juggle for them and tap dance and do you know <laughs> things like that but But there is this sense as we come and, and invite people into our home, and I know we 've talked about this before, but there is this sense when we invite people into our home that we 're entertaining them, and by entertaining it doesn 't that doesn 't mean in the sense of You bought a ticket, and now you're going to blow them away with this performance. To entertain them means you're welcoming them to your table. I mean, you may show them a movie that night if you want. You may pop popcorn. It can be fancy. It can be casual. It can be a barbecue out back. It can be the best, you know, your fine china. It can come out. But the, the fact is the entertaining part is the welcoming in, allowing a person to be a part, and really for those times that they're there, your your family, kind of like Olive Garden. When you're here, you're family, you know, that type thing. We've distorted the definition even of entertaining. I think it's okay to be entertaining in church if that's our definition of entertainment. If our performance is a ceremony to God for Him, then that is okay. But the idea that we've distorted things so much in our culture, everything is performance-oriented and entertaining-oriented in a different way that's self-serving rather than God-serving. So... Anyway, thoughts. Greg, you were about to say something, and I've been bad. No,
2: just, uh, just to take a step further, but maybe more off a sidetrack, really with entertain. I, I was just thinking about other times I've heard the term, and to help us understand that it's okay uh, to entertain in the service. Um, even in boards and official meetings, we talk about entertaining emotion. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a little different idea, but it still gives us the idea. It opens up, so we're kind of opening up an opportunity for people to be a part.
0: Right and and we've we've taken entertainment as to be something done for us too in our society that's that's their definition as opposed to what the worship definition would be um you know usually again we buy our ticket we go watch and we sit you know or we stand and watch last night greg went and saw a a uh, a Queen tribute band <laughs> with some family members, and I'm pretty sure Greg wasn't up on the stage with them at that point. So that was the thing.
2: Thank you very much for putting you're, that on the. You're podcast. welcome.
0: <laughs> he was he was invited by a family member. He was trying to have family time, so that was good. But uh, but at no time did Greg, I'm sure, get up on the stage, rip his shirt off, and act like Freddie Mercury with the guy that was being you know Queen. So uh, our brand of of entertaining is actually inviting in, and it's inviting people to come and be a part of this. So in a sense, really the ultimate entertaining is the communion table, you know, the Eucharist that we come together. We are inviting people, our guests today, because really we're not even the ones doing the inviting. Christ has invited us. We're extending Christ's invitation, and that's where the entertainment comes in. Um, or the worship, or even performing—you know—a meeting can be a performance if it's a ceremony we put on. Well, we're almost done, and and I thank you guys for being a part of this podcast today, and hopefully we'll open up some different ideas. But um, let's reflect back quickly. We got about five minutes, and I know you have a, a place to go, Greg. So we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up. But to reflect back on—it's uh, all about Greg today. That's that's what it is. No, if any of you want to stay longer, you can. Greg's gonna have to leave that. in a minute. But. Uh, Let's together reflect back on this, and this may take more than a podcast. And I encourage you listeners who are listening today, if you're a part of, um, of a worship congregation in any way, even if you're not a worship leader, it's okay to reflect on these questions and things. Um, but when we ask these questions to reflect back on services we've led together, I want us to think of the good and the bad both in these questions, okay? Things we would consider good, things we would consider bad. First thing, and I'm just going to name all the questions, and if we want to spend time fleshing them out, we can. But the questions are, how did the congregation respond to these services that we're thinking back to, both good and bad, okay? Um, Which songs worked the best, both for good and bad? Um, Were we physically expressive worshipers? How could we improve? Um, Was Christ glorified? Did we present a clear picture of who he is? Uh, what about the service would be confusing to new people? You know, And I, by new people, I mean someone who's never been to church before. What would they find confusing about this place? Because uh, I'm, I'm not about dumbing things down for people because I'm, I'm all for the church being the church, but we need to teach people what we are too. So um, anyway, we'll just take off on these questions for a minute, and if anybody has to leave, you can. It may just end up being me sitting here. But can you think of anything back as you think of some services that we've led together? And it's not just Greg, other people have places to go too. Sorry. They're all like chuckling, not into their microphones so you can't hear them, but you know, it's.
3: <laughs> Probably the worst, I think, is when you're trying to um, do a mix of contemporary and traditional. Some of the songs will flow good together, but sometimes you're doing a real nice um, contemporary song and then you throw in a hymn that is real slow and a tr- real traditional hymn seems a little awkward at times so when we do that it seems real awkward but it's changed a lot since then but back a year or two ago when we did that it was very awkward and seemed to dampen the pace and the, the flow of the music
0: Okay. Boy, this is good radio here. All this silence, this this Space. dead airspace. So, um, but you you know, anybody have any re- thoughts? Can you think of any good con- congregational responses? Any bad congregational responses? Whatever you know, things like that to something. Does that, like, do you
4: mean like when they come up to you after a service and say, "Well, that it, went well, that was good."
0: It can be something like that, or it can be actually ways that you've seen the congregation live something out for good or for bad, you know, you've, you've hoped that, uh, and again, these questions are so open-ended, they, they aren't necessarily something we can answer here on the podcast today, but it's just kind of helped us think through, and, and other worship teams think through, um, you know, and, and the main thing is, like, was Christ glorified, you know,
4: I think he's glorified every time because we've made a joyful noise unto the Lord in our own way of however we had set it for that Sunday.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: You know, I think how I can better myself is to not only stay on top of the music and know where I am and what I'm doing, but it's also to start to worship in that song again by myself. You mm-hmm. know, I don't see the congregation either. I can They can fade away with no problem. Mm-hmm. I think that as... The team we need as a whole, I need as a whole, just to start to be more comfortable in either lifting my hands or just closing my eyes. You know, I was raised in a Pentecostal church. We did that all the time. The kids, I don't think we're taught that as much. And some of you, you get a little uncomfortable, and you like to keep your hands to yourself, and you don't want to put them up because it's a little (laughs) odd. You know, but that's okay. You know, different people do that. And I think a good Sunday morning is when the entire congregation is completely locked into that. Hmm. And they respond that way
0: hmm. and as
4: long as they're comfortable in doing it, I guess.
0: Yeah. And by the, the same token, there's nothing worse than a lot of co- Sundays <laughs> when you look out and people are scowling at you and they have their arms crossed and they're not singing and they don't want to be a part of this. And it's like, well, you know, shame on them because they're missing out on on their performance for God that day. They're not not—they're not hurting us. They're hurting their relationship with the Lord in that time. And uh, so Andy was going to say something, too.
1: Um, kind of like how you were talking about being physically active during mm-hmm. a service. I mean, I'm always physically active since I'm a drummer.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I've uh, seen during some songs, Greg and Christy, and even you, when you have the chance, you just stop and just put your hands up and just start worshiping the Lord. And even Greg and Christy close their eyes sometimes. And I think that's a good thing because that's inviting the congregation um, mm-hmm. to uh, do that with you. And it lets them know that it will be comfortable because everyone else around them will be doing it. Hmm. So it gives them that comfort zone of worshiping the
0: Lord. It's a sort of a way that, again, getting beyond our own insecurities and actually seeing ourselves as being the example of the expression that we're allowing others to have and be a part of. It's good. It's good. Very good stuff. So, will you guys have any any further thoughts on this today, on just thinking back on some of the things that we've done together here in service? This is not our full worship band, by the way. We had a lot of people gone today, but uh, Christy was going to say something, I think.
4: I think we have a lot of talent here, and I think that together it works well, as long as we stay focused and to use our gift to serve the Lord every time that we are able to get together to do that. I think that that's the whole point of what worship should be. Hmm. Plus inviting everybody in. Mm-hmm. You know, we're using our gifts and then bringing it all together. And as a whole, if we can hug everybody into it, hug everybody into doing it with
0: us. Mm-hmm. Hug everybody. In. Hey, that's going to be our thing. From now on, on Sunday morning, we're going to do just big, a big group hug. Hug it out. <laughs> hug it out. Hug the Lord together. That's good. Let's just hope everybody showered the night before, right? But, well, um, I, this, these are some good things to talk about. If you think of anything else, let me know and put them on. We're going to wrap up the recording part right here, but I want to thank Andy Fiorita, uh, Christy Phillips, Greg Wilmax, and Todd Nance for being on the podcast today and just sharing some of their thoughts. Um, these are just people from my church, and they're friends of mine. They're, they're people that I've come to love in my 10 years here at, at First Church of the Nazarene. And uh, they help me lead worship on a pretty regular basis when I'm leading here. So, um, thank you guys for being a part of this. You have any closing thoughts as we go? Boy, all this all this silence really makes for good radio. I'm telling you. And and keep hugging them in. Keep hugging them in. in. That's going to be our. That might be the new theme of our congregation. Hug them into the Lord. So. Well, thanks everybody for being on the Voices in My Head podcast today, and we're going to stop the recording right here. Well, I hope you enjoyed that discussion. I, again, um, I, if you get a chance to jot down some of those questions that I asked the worship team, I think it is good for us together to think about the things we're doing and uh, how we can do them more efficiently, how we can remove distractions. I don't know that all of our answers were right, uh, just to be perfectly honest. And we were just kind of thinking through, talking through some things. Um, And in your context, it may be different. But let me close today by uh, sharing with you a, a quote from just one of my favorite spiritual writers. He went to be with the Lord a few years ago. Uh, but Henry J.M. Nowen, uh, Henry Nowen had some awesome insights into things. And um, well, he, he talked a lot about prayer and uh, ultimately what worship is. We we compartmentalize worship too much uh, into just thinking it's a Sunday morning activity. And then we compartmentalize it again, thinking that it's a style of music. And it's actually none of those things. I mean, it, it can be, a, those things can be used Uh, In worship, but worship spreads so much farther and deeper and broader. And um, he has this prayer um, from his book, The Only Necessary Thing, Living a Prayerful Life. And Henry Nouwen says, Dear God, I am so afraid to open my clenched fists. Who will I be when I have nothing left to hold on to? Who will I be when I stand before you with empty hands? Please help me to gradually open my hands and discover that I am not what I own, but what you want to give me. Hmm. That's good stuff. Who will I be when I have nothing left to hold on, when I stand before you with empty hands? It's a good thought for us to think about as we think about worship. Uh, Really, we are empty-handed people. We come to God in poverty. It doesn't matter if we drive the nicest Buick on the block When it comes to who we are, really, truthfully in Him, we're in poverty before Him. We need His grace, His love, His mercy. We need Him to overtake us in all that we do. And we need to open our clenched fists. The question that Henry Nouwen asks, when he says, Dear God, I'm so afraid to open my clenched fist. Who will I be when I have nothing left to hold on to? Well, the fact is, that is who we are, and we hold on to far too many things. We hold on too much to a style of worship. We hold on too much to an era of worship. We hold on too much to things that we consider sacred that maybe were just for a time. We hold on to things that shouldn't be held on to in all actuality, and we hold on to grudges, and we hold on to things that keep us apart. And unfortunately worship can be such a barrier in the church. At least in our what we do on a Sunday morning worship, but we need to open our clenched fists. We need to let go. We need to realize that our true state is to be empty, only to be filled by the God who gives all good things. And so if we're able to come before him, I want us to maybe think together about worship as an open table, as a communion table, and I talked a little bit in the podcast today about uh, entertaining people, um, and and we are entertaining, or I'm sorry, we are being entertained by God as we come to worship him. Uh, he has opened his table wide. There's an invitation going out to everybody. I, I love that John and Charles Wesley, that they looked at the communion table as open to all, to anyone seeking God, to anyone that wanted to be a part of his saving salvation and his plan. Worship is about God. It's not about us. What we do in worship is a response to God. What we do outside the church is worship. The way that we live our lives is our response to worship and God. It's not just the words we sing. As a matter of fact, that's the smallest part of worship. We've classified worship as music. We've made it a style. We've decided the top 100 CCLI songs. That's true worship. But true worship is to clothe the naked, to feed the hungry, to go to those who don't have and give. It's to be a presence to the lonely. And that is true worship, my friends. And as Henry and also said, you don't think your way into a new kind of living. You live your way into a new kind of thinking. And we need to live our way into a kingdom mentality, into a worship lifestyle. And that is the truth, my friends. Well, it's been good to be with you on Voices in My Head today, episode number 13. I hope you enjoy it. Next week, we're going to be joined by author Brian Zahn, who wrote a fantastic book, Unconditional. Going to be here just in time for Easter. And Brian, man, if you get a chance to read anything that Brian writes, you will not be sorry, and you will be enriched in your life, I promise. So if you get a chance to read any before the next episode of Brian Zahn, it's going to be beneficial in the conversation that we're going to have Until then, this has been Voices in My Head. I am Rick Lee James, and uh, I hope that you'll join us again next time. Drop me a line. Let me know what you thought of today's show. Better yet, call in, leave a message. You got prizes. You got comic books, CDs, free music, you know, all kinds of good stuff. So I appreciate you guys, and I really appreciate you taking time to listen. God bless you. Have a great uh, Easter season. May the conclusion of Lent be a wonderful time for you to draw near to the cross of Jesus. If you're listening to this after that time, boy, celebrate the resurrection. Celebrate all that God has for you. Live in the goodness and live a life with open hands. Unclench your fists. Really discover what worship is about, which is truly generosity that we live out because of the generosity that God has given to us. The Lord be with you. May he shine his face upon you. Blessings. You've been listening to Voices in My Head, the official podcast of Rick Lee James. If you'd like to know more about me, my ministry, my music, my life, go to my website at rickleejames.com. You can also download my free mobile app from iTunes and on the Android Marketplace. And I'd love this to be a community experience, so if you call 937-505-0162, you can leave feedback